This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams. Very happy to be with you today. I love spending this time with you Monday through Friday as we discuss issues of importance to your life and your faith. I'm always inviting you at the top end of the program here to join us live here. I love to see the board light up. It lights up. It lights up when you call in, and it makes me ever so very happy. It makes Matthew Gubinski happy, too, because he's our call screener, and he does like to keep busy. In addition to that, I think he likes chit-chatting with you, too. I don't know if he enjoys it as much as I do, but I'm thinking it's a pretty close second, if not right there, neck and neck with me. So do give us a call, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3988. Eight, six. We'll get your question or your comment up on the board here. We'll be able to have that holy conversation together live over these airwaves brought to you by so many fantastic affiliates out there. We always encourage you to support those affiliates uh, without your donated dollars to them. They can't keep the airwaves alive with the life and the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what they want to do. And so we do invite you to uh, always participate in all of their fundraising efforts out there, as well as those of EWTN. We all work together for the good, right? We all work together for the good. And it's a beautiful opportunity for us in our day and time uh, to be able to make use of media uh, to be a way that we can communicate truth when so much of the media is being used to communicate non-truth lies. Oh my gosh, we could just wallow in the misery of it all if we allowed ourselves to do. And that's why we here on Women of Grace like to proclaim the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ because it lifts us up out of the muck and the mire of the day and sets our feet on solid ground that we can move forward in spiritual progress toward the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Woohoo! What a great call and mission is ours. When you do call in today, please let Matthew know if you are a first-time caller, because I like to ring my bell for you. There it is. It has a very pleasant little tone, don't you think? Uh, and it really, really, I think, is, is um, a lovely little way to have you uh, be encouraged to call us the first time and the second time and third time and fourth time and fifth time. So that's the debut bell right there. We're also available for you out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. All you have to do is to use the chat feature there. Put in your question, comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement, and Michael McCall will dash on out there. And what will he do? He will be sure to retrieve your question and get it up on the board, and I will be able to address it. So we've got Matthew and Michael, the M&Ms. I don't know what they think about that, (laughs) but I sure do like M&Ms, so I sure do like Matthew and Michael too. All of that being said, we've got Ace McKay in running the uh, operation for us there in the control room, getting us up on the air to be with you today. He's in for Rich Jesse this morning. What a great pleasure it is to have you with us, Ace. Always happy when you join our happy little team here. Uh, All of that being said, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That is the way that you can join us uh, free of charge, right? Toll free right here in North America. Outside of North America, here's your number. Country code 1-205-271-2985. That's country code 1-205-271-2985. 
eight five. Eager, eager, eager to hear from you today. Uh, so, you know, I, I've been very busy this morning. There's so much I want to tell you about. Um, been very busy this morning. I'm going to be in television production two days this week, tomorrow and Thursday. Thursday is the usual day, but tomorrow I'm in there as well. Uh, entertaining some wonderful, wonderful guests. So excited about it. I have Dr. Walk, uh, Donald Wallenfang and his wife, Megan, joining me tomorrow for some programming that we're going to do. Uh, two shows on Carmelite Spirituality and then two shows on the Mystic Saints and Our Blessed Mother and You. Very eager, very eager uh, to be able to explore those topics with him. He is the academic advisor for our Benedicta Institute for Women. And I want you to become familiar with the Benedicta. It's a wonderful opportunity for women to get a certification in Catholic women's leadership. And our first immersive will be with Dr. Wallenfang in April. All of the information is available for you right there at our website. You can read about it. We're going to be discussing for a week uh, the topic, the question, the exploring it, uh, who is woman, the journey from Eve to Mary. What a wonderful opportunity that is going to be. So I'm inviting you uh, to join us uh, and, and, and to be with us for this event. We have numbers of women who have already signed up, uh, who have already, I'm going to use a, a college term, matriculated. They're going to be with us for that week. It will be a, a first uh, step for them forward in this process of certification. Uh, we've got a whole page that explains all of this to you, but we also have two wonderful women who will answer questions uh, if you give them a call and all of that content information is available for you at our website, womenofgrace.com. I've been telling you about it, uh, and as the time draws closer and closer, I get more and more excited about it. We're going to be at Our Lady of Florida Spiritual Center there in North Palm Beach, Florida, on the east coast of Florida, right there on the Atlantic Ocean. We can watch sailboats uh, sailing by, you know. Wonderful place for a beautiful holy conversation, which is what we'll have in our courses. In addition to that, uh, we will also have the opportunity for discussion and prayerful times of recollection. The grounds really lend themselves to that beauty and wonder. April's a lovely month in Florida. I can tell you that from vast numbers of years of experience. Uh, just a beautiful time of the year there. And it's going to be quite, quite remarkable. Joining us is also going to be our spiritual advisor for Women of Grace, and that is Bishop William Walterscheid, Auxiliary Bishop there in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's going to be with us also offering a insights on the spiritual life, uh, which we will have the opportunity to explore with him in the evening hours uh, during our dinnertime hour. Oh, It's just going to be beautiful. It's just going to be beautiful. Uh, you know, I want to welcome you. I'm going to be a student with you, and it's just going to be quite a remarkable experience. I'm quite, uh, you know, pleased that God has brought this together in such a holy and beautiful way, at such a holy and beautiful place. Uh, we will be continuing forward. Uh, we're going to have other offerings for you, which we'll be telling you about in October, for example. We're going to be here in Coleman, Alabama, uh, you know, just a, a few miles away from Hansville, where uh, the Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament is. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to make a whole day there at the Shrine, but we'll, we will be at St. Bernard's uh, Abbey there in Coleman, uh, uh, for another round of, of classes. So it's going to be a beautiful opportunity. Do find out more about it. We are here to help you make a decision as to whether or not you would like to uh, move forward in this great endeavor. Uh, we really do believe that our mission to uh, 
transforming the world one woman at a time is a complete total possibility. We wouldn't be engaged in it, not saying that I'm going to see it anytime soon. But the fact of the matter is we have been making headway now for 20 years. And uh, we have seen absolutely amazing things that are happening in the lives of women. So we want to invite you to join us for this and for all of the events that we have. We're going to be back at Malvern in June. The information for that is available for you on the website. So anyway, uh, there's more to come on the other side of the break. So why not give us a call here? 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Let me ask you this question. If you could make one change in the world, one change in this world, if you could impact the world in one dynamic way, what would that way be? Oh, I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us today. 833-288-EWTN is the way to join us by phone. If you want to do it via social media, EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page is available for you. I'm Johnette Williams. I'm coming right back. Stay with me. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN. 1-833-288-3986. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I am Janet Williams. Very happy to be with you today. Looking forward to uh, these phone calls coming in, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you today. Please do give us a call. We've got all of the lines open for you right now. We are ready for you. Matthew Gubensky is right at the job here wanting to answer those phone lines. So please do call in 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. It's toll free for you right here in North America. Outside of North America, we welcome you to call. We will float you to the top of the line there. We sure will. Country code 1-205-271-2985. Country code 1-205-271-2985. Also eager to hear from you via social media, EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page is available for you there. Simply put in your question, comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement, and we will get it retrieved. Michael McCall out there at the ready for you. Uh, He'll put it up on the board, and we will be able to chit chat with you. I asked you a great big question when we went to the break and actually Ace McKay, who was in for Rich Jesse and I were talking about it on the break there. He said, that's a really lofty question. I said, yes, but he gave me a really good answer. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it is though. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but at any rate, I'm wondering what you think. And the question that I uh, threw out there to you this morning is if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? What would be the one thing that you would change in the world? And, you know, we could even ask it a a slightly different way. If you could change one thing in your life, what would you change? You know, this time of Lent is a beautiful time to reflect upon lofty questions. Uh, You know, oftentimes we reduce ourselves to the mundane and the ordinary. But our God is is a God of extravagance. Our God is a God of wonder. (laughs) Our God is a God of great mystery. Our God is a God who is immeasurable in his scope and his power. He wants to share all of that with us tells us so in Ephesians 1 verse 17, the immeasurable scope of his power in us who believe, the evangelist writes, it is like the very power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, and God wants to share all of that. So if you, if we entered into that and if we grabbed onto that, and if you began to be able to exert that in one positive direction within your own life or within the world at large, what would it be? What would it be? What would our extravagant God want to do in you? Isn't that a lovely word? 
extravagant. <laughs> I just love it. I just love words. Uh, I, I love them so very much. I'm very fussy about them. Uh, you know, whenever I'm writing or speaking, I, I, I'm always searching in my mind, you know, what is exactly the right word that I want to communicate? You know, what is that one word? Uh, thesaurus, you know, you, you probably remember what a thesaurus is from your school days. You know, a thesaurus is a word that gives us synonyms, words that mean the same thing, although there are shades of meanings within them. You know, they're, they're, they, they, they're, they're not an exact uh, representation of the other, uh, but they are words that can help for us to express ourselves even more clearly, uh, you know, and, and also antonyms uh, is, is what a thesaurus is filled with. Those are words that have the opposite. And I was just, you know, I just learned something that I didn't really know. Uh, and that was uh, coming from one of Dr. Wallenfang's books, uh, which I'll be talking about with him and his wife, Megan, tomorrow, that the word thesaurus comes from a Greek word. And do you know what it means? It means treasure, treasure. Uh, so a thesaurus is treasure. And uh, I like dipping into that treasure to find exactly the right word. Extravagant, I think, is a perfect word to describe the action of God in our life. Extravagant. You know, God has extravagantly blessed us. And what is the most extravagant action that, that God has issued on, for the part of man? He has issued the coming of his son, Jesus Christ, dressed in our flesh, the second person of the blessed Trinity enfleshed for our sake. What an extravagant God. And then to show the extravagance of his love, what happened? Jesus Christ suffered, died, was buried, resurrected from the dead, and ascended into heaven and sits at God's right hand, making intercession for us. Isn't that incredible? That's extravagance. That's an absolute extravagance. And God is extravagant in your life too. Always extravagant. You know, this is a, we, we think of that redemptive act of Christ and we see it in the great big general uh, uh, gift that that is to all of mankind. We call that objective redemption. It is there. It objectively is there. But the fact of the matter is, that God intends for each one of us to experience that extravagant act of love very uniquely, very personally, way down deep in the bottoms of our soul. He wants for us to know his love, to enter into that love, to be molded and shaped by that love, to, to be sent forth from that love, to carry it into the world, always being refreshed by it, as we move forward one step at a time. That's extravagant. And sometimes, you know, we hear questions like the one I threw out, you know, if you could make one change in the world, what would it be? And we think it's an impossibility. It's totally impossible. But scripture tells us something quite different, doesn't it? Scripture tells us that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Sometimes I want to remind myself of that, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I cling to that 24-7, especially, you know, when the world is pressing upon me and the concerns of the world and the real needs that have to be met, you know? Nothing is impossible with God. You know, we're talking about words, right? Uh, sacred scripture is filled with words, right? 
It is the word of God. That means that every word is very important. If it's the word of God, every word has something of the God life connected to it in some way, even the bitty ones, itty bitty ones. I like to talk about, you know, little itty bitty words like all. All of us gazing on the Lord's glory with unveiled faces are being transformed from glory to glory into his very image by the Lord who is the spirit. All, all, all. You're part of the all. That means you. That means me. It's the little words that can make so much of a difference. So in that passage that I quoted just a few seconds ago, nothing is impossible with God. I draw your attention to the word nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So if you look at a thing, or you look at a situation, or a circumstance, or a problem, and you look at that thing, God wants you to know that Nothing is impossible with him. And that thing, whatever it is, how contentious it might be, whatever that problem is, nothing is impossible with God. And so when we set our minds and our hearts on him, when we have Jesus Christ in the crosshairs of our life, you know, and we're looking at him and finding him in all things, we realize that we can't persevere through all things by way of him. And if through his divine and holy will for us, he calls us to a mission as impossible as it might seem, it's not impossible. It is possible because nothing is impossible with him. And if he's called us to a work, he's going to work that work out innocent through us, as long as we keep saying fiat. So if you could change one thing in the world today, knowing that if God's calling you to change it, it'll be changed, what would it be? What would be the great, big, hairy, audacious goal that you would set before yourself? Strapping on those boots of zeal to propagate the gospel and go forward dressed up in his armor to slay dragons and conquer at least that portion of the world that he's entrusting you to conquer. What would it be? You know, for me at Women of Grace, it's been to transform the world one woman at a time. And what I've discovered in all of these many years, quite frankly, is that when we communicate the healing love of our Lord Jesus Christ by way of the airwaves, that's what happens. And not just to women. It happens to the men, too. But we have to set out on the path. You know, one of my, the, the great inspirations in my life has been Mother Angelica. Great inspiration. I mean, here she is, right, this poor Claire nun, taking the vow of poverty, owns nothing, has nothing, nothing that's hers. Nothing that she can put her name on and say, well, this is mine. Vow of poverty prevents that. But God gave her a notion. He planted a holy seed of desire in her soul. And that was to start a television network. How could she possibly do that? No knowledge in that area. No money to invest. But mother knew Nothing is impossible. And when God calls you to a task, he makes certain that whatever it is that you need is there. 
and she set out, and she did it, and we're the happy beneficiaries of that. Mother is a sign and a witness in our day and time that so many have been in the past, that worlds can be conquered through the power of God active in us. We ought never, ever, ever, my dear friends, to give up. No matter what's facing us in the moment, no matter what mission is growing in our heart and soul, no matter what little inspiration comes to change the world, don't ever give up. Don't say no. Don't say I can't. Say I will, Lord. I will in you. And it shall be done. It's a beautiful way to live a life, every day an adventure, always finding Jesus in everything, sometimes in places and situations and circumstances where we would think we would least find him. He's there for us, and he'll make what he wants happen if we just keep giving fiat, 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 fiat. I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Let it be, Lord. Let it be. Let it be done to me. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Additional to that, EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page is available for you there with the chat line uh, that you can use there. It's not the chat line. Well, it is. It's the chat section there. Uh, We'll retrieve your questions from that location and get them up on the board. I've got my little bell here ready to ring it if you're a first-time caller, and I'm going to ring it right now for Martha, who is calling us from Kentucky. Sirius XM Station. 130 is the way she's with with us and there's the bell for you martha how are you i'm just fine thank you for taking my call you're welcome i'm I, eager to hear what you're going to share here well i thought that if there was one thing that i think would change the world it would be that everyone understand that they are so loved by god that they have received spiritual gifts and i thought Everyone should understand what their gift is. My church is soon doing an, a discernment for spiritual gifts, and I see people change so quickly. I just, unfortunately, you can only do that 25 at a time. So if everyone knew what their spiritual gifts were, I think it would change the world. Well, you know, Martha, I think that you're right about that. And and I think, uh, you know, first of all, it's the recognition that we are gifted by God, right? I mean, we're gifted in so many ways. You know, the fact that we exist <laughs> proves to us that this God is a God of amazing generosity and a God of amazing creativity. Uh, and, you know, we're made in his image and likeness. So in some way, each of us has some aspect or, or charism uh, that that is useful for the reflection of the very life of God in the world. Uh, and then when, you know, that that's, that's almost certain by the fact that we are created in his image. Uh, but to come to his likeness, we need something a little bit more, and that's called grace. And of course, our baptism initiates us in that. And uh, when we're moving through the life of God that's active in us by way of grace, well, great things can happen. Uh, but I was just thinking about the number that, that you said, you know, 25. We do something similar 
through Women of Grace in that we gather women together for a foundational study that's very formative for them. And uh, then we continue it through ongoing kinds of efforts, uh, one of which is this Benedicta. But if it, just think about this, though, Martha. I mean, you get 25 people together, and you are able to help them discern what their spiritual gift is, to own that spiritual gift, and to enter into the dynamic of that gift. And if each person in that group goes out and affects the lives of another 25 people or more, because, you know, we, we, we are not relegated to a group setting all of the time. We, we, we live in this world and interact with people all of the time. Just think of what the exponential effect of your yes to that group of 25 people can do. You know, you're, you're kind of like God is, is, of course, the initiator, but you're the catalyst that he uses. That's a big deal stuff. It is a big deal, and I have seen such a change in our church because of it, and it it just makes me so excited for the next group coming up, and what would they do to contribute then to the health of the church and to their own community and their neighborhood. It's just very exciting. It is exciting. And it's all part of this great mission of evangelization that we're called to, you know. Uh, When you think about it, if every Catholic was willing to live his or her life actively engaged in, in promoting those things that are of the ultimate good. And what is that? Eternal life, right? Uh, the ultimate good for man. If each of us did that, and, and, and if each of us was willing uh, to just impact the people that cross our path every day, uh, we would be living in a completely different culture, a completely different society. But too often we say, I can't, I can't, and this. What good will it do? And I'll tell you, those kinds of attitudes do not come um, from the heart of God. They come from the pit of hell because the evil one is afraid of you, Martha, terrified of you, and terrified of any of the efforts that we, any of us put forth uh, for the glory and the honor of God. You scare him, but you keep doing it because I'll tell you, you are making an impact. You are making a change in the world today. Thank you, Martha, for sharing with us. So happy that I could ring my bell for Martha, and I'm eager to ring my bell for you. So... If you could change the world in some way, what change would you make? What would be the change? Martha just shared the change she wants to make. She wants people to come to know who they are in Christ Jesus by way of their spiritual gifts. What about you? What change would you make? Let's talk about it right here on Women of Grace Live, where we love to have that holy conversation. 833-288-EWTN is the way that you can join us. That's 833 288 3986. Looking forward to hearing from you today. Don't delay. Call right away. Matthew Gabensky wants to hear from you today. <laughs> we'll be right back. Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1 833 288-EWTN 1-833-288-3986 Well, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Women of Grace Live. I am Janet Williams. Very happy to hear from you today. Eager to hear from you. Matthew Gubensky is our call screener, and he is waiting for you. So am I. 833-288-EWTN is the toll-free number for you to use right here in North America. Outside of North America, country code one two zero five. 
271-2985. EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page also available for you there. Michael McCall is retrieving your questions left for us in the chat feature at each one of those sites and putting them up on the board. Uh, you're very quiet out there, community online, so uh, let's get cracking. Let's send him uh, some questions or comments right for us here. We're talking about what one thing would you change if you could change something in the world today, but you know I'll take your questions on anything that you would like to discuss or hear your comment on something. We're always here for you. Yes, we are. Uh, I was sharing with you, uh, uh, you know, prior to getting into uh, our discussion today about the Benedicta Institute for Women that's coming up, but I want to send you out to all of our upcoming events that are listed for you on the homepage of uh, our Women of Grace website, which is womenofgrace.com. Also listed for you underneath the uh, little click, you know, that you would make on the word events. They all come up for you there. There's all kinds of things going on. It's going to be a pretty busy spring as I'm looking at it. (laughs) And I can see that I'm going to be in a number of places. I was sharing with you about the April 22nd Benedicta, but I'm going to be at Ave Maria University as well for a conference. Um, uh, It's a Eucharistic conference there. That's going to be May the 10th. Uh, We're going to be in Malvern for our annual Women of Grace retreat this year in June. We're generally there in July. But July was the the date that we had available in July uh, was conflicting with the uh, Eucharistic Congress that the uh, bishops are putting on. So we weren't going to conflict with that. Uh, plus, I have a part to play there. So we're going to be at Malvern in June, uh, in June, June the 28th. All of the information is there. The theme is up. Really excited about this theme. Uh, it's going to be lovely. It's going to be merciful. Uh, it, it is going to be uh, a beautiful, beautiful uh, way for us to enter into the crucible of new life. Uh, merciful love, the crucible of new life. It's going going to be lovely. We're going to have Susan Tassoni speaking with us. We're going to have Father Ken Geraci back with us again. Uh, I'll tell you, it's going to be lovely. I'll be presenting all of that. Not too early to register. Let me tell you, you know, time moves along so very, very quickly. Want to get back there to the phone lines though. 833-288-EWTN is the way that you can join us. We've got Margaret with us and Margaret is also a first time caller from Indianapolis, Indiana. Catholic Radio Indie is the way she's listening, and I'm ringing my bell for you, Margaret. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette, and thank you for everything that you do for oh, our, thank you. You know, the world news that we have today and, and helping us uh, stay on task with our faith and, and our journey. Well, you're so welcome, Margaret. You know, honey, we are all in this thing together, you know, and God's given us life at this moment in the history of man for a very good reason. And he's put all of us together to be those effectors of his will in the world today, no matter how contentious it might be and no matter how resistant it might be. So we're just going to trudge forward like those soldiers of Christ were called to be. So what would you change, Margaret? What would you do, honey? Well, um, as a mom of a teenage, a beautiful teenage daughter. Um, I find myself really struggling as I spend time with her and her friends um, with the concept of this social media that they um, utilize every day. Um, and just how it, it breaks my heart um, because first, if I could, you know, go back and change my parenting thoughts, I wouldn't have um, maybe given that freedom to my children. Um, but I do know that it's a means of their communication, you know, that, that they really rely on. And, um, if I could change, if I could change that for 
the teenagers today. Um, I, I would really try to just educate them and educate their families um, on the beauty of of understanding, really understanding what relationships can look like. Um, you know, these young ladies are, and young boys are meeting these, you know, meeting each other through social media, through Snapchat and other things. And, you know, the boys are not, there's no more old fashioned phone calls, um, asking these girls out or, you know, no type of courting whatsoever. There's, there's, I've told the girls that it's really made the boys kind of lazy because, um, you know, they're, they're able to kind of ask for pictures and, you know, ask some questions through social media, but then they're really not truly understanding um, the importance of communication in a relationship and, and what a relationship can really look like. And it worries me because um, their generation, I've been told, it's more of they have kind of situational relationships or, um, you know, they just kind of talk to quite a few boys at a time or um, vice versa, the boys, you know, kind of talk to other girls at a time. There's no commitment, in other yes. words. Um, and so it worries me for the future of our children and um, and what their relationships are going to look like as they get older. And um, I don't know. I think I would just try to have some kind of program that can educate our, our kids on the importance of relationships and real relationships and what they look like and how... You know, and, and then it maybe educate the parents on the importance of, of what it looks like. Um, because we hope that they, you know, have families of their own someday, right? Yes. And um, my prayer for my daughter is that she finds a good, um, nice, holy young man that, you know, hasn't really been thrown into the wolves, so to speak, in the society. And, um, you, you know, every mom, I think, wants that for their, for their daughter they're even their son. Of course. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I would hope to go with that. <laughs> well, Margaret, you know, thank you so very much for, for sharing because you really are shining a spotlight on something that is of grave concern and should be of grave concern to every parent and really to society at large. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, What's happened with social communications that are taking place via instruments, such as you're talking about the phone, the computer, uh, while all of these can be tools for man that, that can lead to a greater society and culture, what's happening is that they are contributing uh, to, you know, use the word earlier today, exponential, uh, to an exponential degree to the negative, uh, lining it up on the negative. Um, you know, this past weekend, uh, Jack and I were uh, at Penn State University, One University graduated there myself, you know, very, very many fine programs that go on there. Of course, like most of the major campuses, it, you know, it's been it's been invaded by a woke mentality. But one of the things that, that really, you know, grabbed my attention as we were, you know, making our way around campus uh, was the fact that, uh, first of all, uh, I don't know that I saw one young person that didn't have um, AirPods, um, you know, uh, in, in their ears. Everybody either had headsets on or AirPods in their ears and their eyes were fixated on their phones 
or they were in some kind of, you know, I don't know what you would call it, kind of near trance-like stage, just walking around campus listening to whatever it was that they were listening to. Uh, there was no eye contact walking around campus. There, there was one point in time where I really wanted to find a building that I remembered from my time there, and I couldn't locate it. The campus has changed somewhat. And, you know, I, I thought, well, I'll ask somebody, but I couldn't make eye contact with anybody to ask. And the other thing I noted is that they were all isolated, you know, so, you know, we're, we're human society needs to have social connectivity. We, we're social beings. God made us that way. We're made in his image and likeness. Who is God? He's a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, that tells us something about ourselves. We are made for communion with other people. God, of course, most essentially, but other people as well. And so what we see now is this, is this, this, this isolation, uh, this, this, this tendency to uh, be alone and singular when we're not supposed to be alone and singular. You know, I commented to Jack and I said, you know, when, when I was at university, it's a long time ago, uh, but when I was at university, you know, we, we traveled in packs, P-A-C-K-S, you know, uh, you know, we would be making our way uh, uh, around campus with each other. You know, if, if somebody had a class in one building, you know, you'd walk together, drop one off, then go on to your place uh, or, you know, however it was, it, it, there was social connectivity. And that was the most dramatic thing that I noticed was that it was a silent campus. It was never silent when I was there for all kinds of reasons, some of which were really bad, but a lot of which was just positive communication with each other. You, you could, you, you'd walk past and people were having a conversation. You'd pick up strains of that conversation. It would get your own mind thinking. Maybe you'd pick it up in, uh, you know, with a little group that you were walking around campus with. It was obvious that there was a, a, an exchange you know, of social reality that was happening there and and people were growing from each other whereas I saw barely in my entire time there I did see some people walking together but they weren't communicating they had headsets on and airpods in but but the vast majority of people that I saw were walking singularly across the landscape of that university and it was very jarring to me and I thought what are we doing you know, where are we going? Where is this headed? It's not headed to anything good. You talk about, you know, the, the loss of courting. You talk about the, the loss of the social conventions that, that are the glue that holds a society together. The last thing that the evil one wants is for society to be bonded together. Because when society is bonded together, it will eventually, if not for the moment, it will eventually rise. It will rise up. Uh, it will, it will, it will righten what is wrong. Uh, but if you can separate people where they are isolated and they are like islands under themselves, then there is no way to bond together to move forward in a progressive move that leads to the good, the true, and the beautiful. And it's a tactic of the evil one. So does it have its place? Yes. Um, are we probably ever going to be without a time, uh, you know, where, where these conveniences are not ours? I doubt it very much. But what we have to do is to help our young people understand that this is not life. This is not life. And seeing somebody's image on a screen, while it can be beneficial in some ways, is not communicating the entirety of the person that you feel when you are connected together. Because you know that that, that, that emotion has, has a, oh, I don't even know what the word is, a, you know, a, 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 kind of like a transcendent reality th that is felt. You feel it. But, you, you know, here we've got wires and plugs and digital stuff that's in between. It's not real. 
Uh, so you you have reason to be concerned. So so what do you do? Well, I guess that what you try to do is is to institute different kinds of of um, uh, uh, opportunities within the context of the home, you know, uh, you know, where, you know, it's, it's, it, it, maybe it's Friday night is family night. I don't know. I'm making this up as I, as I go along here, but Friday night is family night. And we do something together as a, as a family and we turn the phones off. And this is what we're going to do. We're all going to sit down and play a board game. Um, or we're all going to sit down and play a game of cards, or we're, we're going to do something that is socially inter- interactive. And, you know, that can be expanded out. Yeah, and you can invite a friend. Invite a friend over. We're going to pop popcorn. We're going to, you know, engage in something. Uh, and, you know, uh, that will introduce that kind of a thing. And I have noticed in, in families where this is done, and I know of one particular family where these kinds of things are done routinely, uh, the, the kids are not, they're not engaged. They're not as engaged. You know, their life does not exist around their own cell phone. And I want to tell you personally what I've done in my own life. You know, I I absolutely refuse to be controlled by my phone. I'm holding it up. Those of you can see it. I have a phone. Uh, I consult my phone. I won't be controlled by it. If I am out and about and I am engaged in a conversation with somebody and it rings, I'm not, I don't, I am training myself not to answer it. If I hear a message come in, I'm training myself not to respond to it because I don't want to be owned. I don't want to be owned by my phone or by my computer or by anything else. I only want to be owned by the spirit of the living God to whom I have authorized complete and total ownership over me. Uh, I want to be owned by God. So, you know, I, I think that, that we've got to be creative in how we try to break this habit, may I say, addiction to to technical uh, to technical conveniences that now are running our lives. And as we see this advance forward, I'm, I'm really on a rant here and I don't mean to be, but as we see this technological advance forward with artificial intelligence and, and with robots uh, and, and you know some of the experiments that um, are wanting to be initiated that are actually implanting devices into the human person, we are really entering into uh, a situation and a circumstance that is absolutely dehumanizing, depersonalizing, objectifying, um, and and we will destroy, we will destroy this culture. The the Western culture will be destroyed. It's already crumbling, but there is still possibility uh, for 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 renovation and reconstruction. But it will demise. It it will meet its demise if if we um, if we continue on this path. So so you are right. I'm not sounding an alarm. Uh, you know, I'm just sounding a yeah. This is a really good point, Margaret. And 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 that is what we should work to change. And we can do it. Nothing is impossible with God. And with him and in him and through him, all things are possible. As far as the dating thing, that's a whole other thing. But I do want to read something that I think is very important uh, when you're talking about meeting these young people via social media. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of this is totally dependent upon the woman. This is why we work hard to transform uh, women, to, to, to form and shape them according to the heart and the mind of, of the church, according to the feminine genius who happens to have a name. Uh, and that name is the Blessed Virgin Mary. But this is, uh, this is what uh, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen wrote, and I don't know when he did this, but he's been gone a while, uh, and this is probably a long time ago. Uh, he, to a great extent, 
The level of any civilization is the level of its womanhood. When a man loves a woman, he has to become worthy of her. The higher her virtue, the more noble her character, the more devoted she is to truth, justice, goodness, the more a man has to aspire to be worthy of her. The history of salvation, excuse me, the history of civilization could actually be written in terms of the level of its women. Listen to that compelling last line. The history of civilization could actually be written in terms of the level of its women. If we want to restore this culture, gentlemen, you're not off the hook. But I do want to say, if we want to restore it, we've got to restore an absolutely authentic understanding of who woman is, what her influence, effect, and power is truly all about. And we will see a dramatic change. If the girls stop putting up with the boys contacting them that way and say, no, I want to, I want to talk with you in person. Come over um, to my house tonight. We're having this little get-together with my family. We do it every Friday night. I want to tell you what, things will change. And if, if it starts with one woman, it's contagious. It'll go to the others because the other, other young ladies will see uh, this dynamic taking place and they'll be hungry for it because in the end, that is what all of us, male and female, are hungry for, relationship, not isolation. Thank you so much, uh, Margaret. Thank you so very, very much. But I'll tell you what, friends, I, nothing's going to change if we don't change. <laughs> nothing's going to change if we're not willing to help the change happen. You know, so we've got to get up off of our duff and we've got to, you know, suit ourselves up and go out into the fray and make a difference, no matter what it costs us. Is it going to cost us human respect? You can count on that. Is it going to cost us possibly, you know, the loss of a job? It might. Is it going to cost us, you know, a a few friends? Most likely. But you know what? (laughs) That's the life of every saint. And you are called to be a saint in the making. I want to get to uh, Sylvia uh, here. She is uh, in South Carolina, ringing my first uh, uh, time caller bell for you, for your debut, Sylvia, listening to us via Catholic Radio in South Carolina. How are you today? Oh, I am fine. The weather is glorious, and I'm getting well. So that's oh, wonderful. I'm applauding you, dear. <laughs> so what, then, it, what, what I go. wanted to have happen in the most extravagant, wonderful way, with God's help, is that every child shall be born into a home with two good, happy man and woman parents inside of two generations, or at most, the beginning of the third, our society would have turned the corner towards something good. You know, I'll tell you, I have to agree with you absolutely, Sylvia. Again, you know, you're all just hitting the nail on the head with what you're calling in and talking about today. Uh, there is no question about it. Uh, we have, we have uh, given approbation to lifestyles that are disordered lifestyles. Now, I can use that word uh, because God, our God, is a God of order. And our God tells us how it is that we are to conduct ourselves as men and as women and as men and women together. And he tells us how we're not to conduct ourselves as men and women. When we follow the will of God, having been made by him, having incorporated into ourselves on every level of our being, uh, our body speaking to the greatest reality of who we are, when we are in accordance with that reality, then society moves along well, providing, of course, that we're always seeking the will of God in all areas of our life. But that very foundationally 
being, I would say, relatively the most important, uh, especially uh, as, as we're called to be an image and likeness of him in the world today. And we follow that and recognize that. When we are not following that, it leads to disorder and it leads to chaos. Uh, you know, we, we oftentimes get uh, um, uh, charged with the fact that the reason why individuals um, who are struggling <clears throat> with their with their sexuality uh, are struggling is because we don't accept the lifestyle. The fact of the matter is society and culture as as a whole has, but the numbers of suicides, the numbers of people seeking help for depression, the number of individuals that are addicted to drugs and addicted to alcohol that live within those lifestyles is not changing. That number is increasing. And so the great reality is it has nothing to do with what the culture is saying. It has to do with the fact that when we are living a disordered life, disorder reigns on our interior, in our interior. And to the extent that disorder reigns in our interior, to that extent, are we unhappy? To that extent, are we fractured? To that if, uh, extent, are we disintegrating? To that extent, do we not have interior peace? To that extent, do we not know happiness? To that extent that we, we do not know fulfillment? And we have a tendency as creatures, and I don't know why this is, that we will keep on doing what it is that we're doing, thinking we're going to get a different result and condition. And the fact is we're not. And uh, you uh, make a very poignant point, Sylvia, and, and I thank you for it uh, very, very much. Uh, and, and I am very, very impressed by what it is that you all called in and spoke about today. Looking forward to being with you again tomorrow. It is Wednesday tomorrow. Sue Brinkman is going to be with us, and I am encouraging you to get out to our website and see all of the good things that are available for you there. So until we have that wonderful opportunity, I'm inviting you to live that abundant life of our Lord Jesus Christ and to share Share that abundant life with others. Don't keep it to yourself. You want to share it. Well, the spirit of the living God will propel you to share it if you're truly living that abundant life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you want everybody to know and that spirit works right through you. It's always great to be with you. Inviting you to join us Monday through Friday at this same time on this same station as we discuss issues of importance to your life and faith. And I do want to remind you, watch us on EWTN television. The program Women of Grace airs at 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. We'll be back with you tomorrow with Sue Brinkman. God bless. Bye-bye.